0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Casual Corns. Um, Oh, shit, I don't know where to start. (laughs) That's a great start. (laughs) I got really nervous. Why would you get Um, nervous? You're in a a room by yourself talking to me. Just suddenly I got really nervous as if I was on a stage in front of loads of people. It's really weird.
1: With Robert De Niro across the table from you.
0: Judging me. Yeah. In today's podcast slash video, Kian and myself are going to be discussing Joker, the new movie which was released just a couple of days ago, and we haven't spoken about it before this. Um, I don't know what Kian thinks of the film at all. He's literally about an hour ago just walked out of the cinema, and I saw it a couple of days ago. So I'm really excited to talk to Kian about it. One thing that's worth mentioning, if you're new to listening to us, is that. We're not experts, we don't sort of paint ourselves as such, Um, we're just two casual corns trying to figure out and talk through ideas and films and anything that's a sort of piece of art and um, figure it out in our own sort of way. So don't have a go at us if we get anything wrong or we don't know all of the details about the comic book um, history of Joker or Batman, we are literally just coming to this from the perspective of two moviegoers, and that's why we call it Casual Corns. So, you literally just walked out of the cinema about, what, an hour ago? Uh,
1: but- two hours ago now, yeah.
0: okay, Man. So you've had a little bit of time to digest it.
1: I've, I've had a little bit of time. I feel like <laughs> yeah. you, after we did the last episode of Game of Thrones, actually, because we recorded that right after you watched that episode. I had a bit of digestion time so the roles have been reversed now. Mm. You've had a few days to think about this. I've just come out of it now. First impressions. You see, this is—I have no idea what you think of this. This is—it's weird, I, isn't it? I you always feel
0: self-conscious because <laughs> you don't know how what I'm going to say in response to it. I don't so, know. Yeah, yeah. This is—it's like a deep dive, isn't it, into the unknown? Okay,
1: I'll just give like my first, like, basic impressions then. Okay, yeah. so I have not been that deeply affected by a film in a long, long, long time. Uh, wow. I, I can't remember. I actually can't remember the last, like, movie I went to see in the cinema that it had such an, an impact on me. I thought it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. And I want to see it again, just so I can settle down and, like, focus on a lot more detail and stuff. Because I did, like, I was moved a lot by it. Um... I felt, and that's like that's a great compliment I think to give to any film that like it can make you feel um, massively. massively. but that's what it's all about really isn't it
0: yeah, exactly, and like whether it be a comedy or a horror or whatever genre it might be, the idea of a film is to like you say make you feel, whether it be laughter you're touched romance, whatever it is, um the idea is to make you feel and do you know what? I know we haven't spoken about it, and you didn't know what I thought. I had the exact same experience. I felt that's great. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. I've just I felt completely in awe. Actually, in a lot yeah. of respects, of so many different aspects of it, the, the storytelling, the I mean, the performance.
1: Oh my god! Like it. Oh. It's. I don't. I don't like using the word perfect, but it's like it's almost a perfect film to me. Like that's that's my initial. Maybe when I sit back a bit and think about a few more things, I won't be that, like, in all of it, as you said. But yeah. right now, I think, like, it's as close to perfect as a story can be on film.
0: Mm. Well, it's also a lot about resonating with people. That's what art is. It's about, does this thing resonate? Mm. And some people will go and watch a film and it will be... You know, you know, you know. Some people say, "Wow, well, this film wasn't made for you. This <laughs> wasn't made for you," and it's, that's usually made in kind of a that that comment's usually made in a little bit of an arsy way when people don't like the film yeah. as a comeback almost. But there is an element of truth in that statement, I think, um, in the sense that films and any piece of art it it's meant to touch people in some form of way. It's meant to affect people or resonate with them, mm. and not every piece of art can resonate with everybody. And it just felt to me as if this piece of cinema resonated with me, like very, very deeply. Mm. Um, And with, with no, with knowing how sort of low resolution people think about uh, (laughs) things like that. I now worry that people think, Oh, why did it resonate with you? Are you some sort of psycho as well? Or whatever, like, I think the exact same. Yes, I've known nothing like that. Obviously, no. uh, it's because you know there's there's so many reasons that something can resonate with you. It's not you don't even have to necessarily like the main character or any of that stuff. No. It be, something resonating with you is is much deeper than that. You know, Fight Club re- resonated with me. Mm. I th- there was no similarity to Tyler Durden or Ed Norton's character.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny but, you mention that. It, this feels very much like the type of film Fight Club it, was. Yes, so that, 100%. That was a great yeah, one yeah. to bring up. Mm.
0: Yeah. And the older style of film as well. I think this is why it's really meant a lot to me because we've lacked this type of filmmaking for the yeah. past 10 years yeah. or more. But probably pull up, probably more like 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a there was late 90s, there was this era where we had a lot of films that felt like art you know whether it be fight club or whether it be american beauty even if it didn't necessarily appeal to you or whether it be you know american history x yeah there were a lot of films that really really resonated with people or just felt like art or they just affected them deeply or whatever Mm -hmm. um that sort of movie making has been few and far between over the last 20 years yeah where where they just where the filmmaker just took off the shackles of seemingly took off the shackles and just went for it and and yeah. this
1: like this I, I can't believe this is a Warner Brothers movie no I, I can't <laughs> believe it it feels like a, an A24 produced movie or something like a really independent yeah. film but yeah. um
0: yeah like they probably can't believe it is either know, like yeah. in the sense that they probably saw it and were like oh, is this the right idea to do this like
1: <laughs> it's even more bizarre when you look at the director like yeah, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Hangover. Yeah, What's I haven't on? seen
0: much of Todd Phillips' more um, serious stuff because I know he has done stuff yeah. of this ilk, um, apparently. Yeah. Um. So I can't really comment fully. No. But yeah, I I know him from that from the Hangover essentially.
1: And it's funny this this kind of Hangover idea because you remember Chernobyl the hbo series right yeah the yeah, yeah. The writer director for chernobyl was the writer for hangover two and three so what what is with these schlocky Ooh. comedy guys coming and doing these great dramas
0: yeah it's interesting yeah, maybe it's just their way in kind of thing but yeah. I, I i want to sort of add a bit of context to to the point i'm about to make okay. i wrote a screenplay probably 10 years ago now and mm. it was a kind of a superhero-esque film set in the real world mm-hmm. now since i wrote that um that sort of style and genre of film has become quite popular yeah um whether it be kick-ass or super which the, was
1: yeah the boys which you haven't seen yet no i haven't seen
0: the boys no <laughs> or even the the the, the the actual DC movies like The Dark Knight or whatever, which feel like they're real world type of um, superhero films. Yep. And so it feels like it's been popularised a little bit to a degree, that style of film. And it, the other thing is, is that in my screenplay, the lead character was an unreliable narrator, which I can go into with this to a degree, where you there are some twists in there that come as a result of us only... Seeing the world through his lens, hmm. and and it gets very dark and it gets sort of slightly disturbed and and I was still thinking quite rec- till quite recently. Well, the superhero films still haven't done that, so <laughs> you know I've still got a chance. Um, even though I felt like it, it the the ship, had, the ship had sailed to a degree, but um, <laughs> then this has done that. Then you and, saw Joker. Yeah, it has done that, and it's done it. Way better than, you know, I could have ever imagined or expected, and uh, yeah. So just just to quickly and briefly mention the fact that this is this is a film about Joker, the Joker, mm-hmm. and yet it never f- for one moment felt like a movie about the Joker. No, would you agree with that? I
1: I would totally agree with that. It it just felt so grounded and down to earth, fo- like intensely focused on this one character. Like Mm. he was in literally every scene. There's not a single scene without Joaquin Phoenix in it.
0: Really? So, yeah, it must have been. That's, yeah.
1: Like it's a it's a literal character study.
0: Yeah, totally, and that sort of sums up the idea of it being an an unreliable narrator, really, because because he's in every single scene, and that means you're seeing everything through his lens. You Mm -hmm. know, you don't have anything where it cuts to another character and it talks about someone else or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As you say, it's literally a character study. Um, and it's almost as if the writer and director had sort of said, had a sort of thought to themselves, we want to do a film about someone who's mentally ill. Yep. And then they'd used the Joker as as a way into that. Mm. And I don't mean that in a, in a cynical way at all, because I don't necessarily think they backwards engineered the whole process in in order to do that or anything like that. I just mean that it it could quite easily have not have been about the Joker. It could have been about any number of mentally ill people. Yeah. This, um, and
1: the story's the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he's just a he's a struggling comedian or whatever, but it's it's more than that. He's not just a struggling comedian. This is the thing, it's not he doesn't start off like a normal guy. I mean this guy he needed some help. You know, he needed some help from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, and Gotham City is corrupt yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. And Gotham City has always been corrupt in the the foundations are always there, like in every rendition of Batman or whatever. There's always been a, a lot of corruption in yeah. Gotham City.
1: And that's why so. Batman has to be in the first place. Yeah. He, he has to be the symbol. Um, the people rally around. Like, that's... Yeah, without Gotham, there is no Batman, essentially. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's not like... It's not like they just made Gotham be corrupt for the sake of the story. Mm-hmm. It's always been corrupt. And and here's some characters that suffered due to the corruption of it. Yeah. And I think people were uncomfortable with this film. I didn't really want to get into the controversy um, <laughs> for a number of reasons. Yeah, And I've, I've, I'm still not exactly sure how deeply I want to get involved with all that but it's almost impossible to avoid because it's such a fundamental part of the film and what it means And yeah. it, I, th- I think people think that having a series of events which lead to the downfall of Joker
1: mm-hmm.
0: mean that he's not to blame, absolve him of the blame <laughs> I think that's how people perceive it. So I think they go, Well, this just means that he's absolved of any blame here because what you're saying is is all these bad things have happened to him and therefore he's not responsible kind of thing. Yeah. And you're making us sympathize with a psychopath. And I don't want to get into the the other politics of what people might no, be saying.
1: No, no,
0: no. <laughs> but that's some of the things that they've been saying. Um and it's like, well, that is what happens, you know. That's how psychopaths are born. Yeah, you know, and it never. And and the, the the important thing is, is which people are avoiding is he he is mentally disturbed. He has clearly got learning disabilities. He's clearly got mental problems. Yeah. It's not saying that the, his environment is solely responsible, and it's not saying that he's solely responsible. But what it probably is saying, and this is something that we can discuss and and people can think about, and this is the the key thing, you can think about it, you can talk about it, you don't have to go away from it, feeling any which way you don't want to feel. You can feel however you want to feel about it and you can discuss it and you can talk about it. That's the great thing about art. You don't... (laughs) I don't know why people feel so...
1: Viscerally,
0: yeah yeah about subjects that the about things like this that, that can not you know that someone else has chosen to create yeah because it what well, the thing i was going to say was he he may not have gone down that path the eventual path he went down had he had some support mm mm-hmm. um and so sort of strangely and conversely, despite some of the criticism and despite all these people saying all the bad things and about all this and that, the thing that I took away from it all, the feeling I took away from it all was, you know, if we were just kinder to each other, Yeah. you know, if you see this mental guy on a train next to you, you know, you you're, the thought process shouldn't be, oh, no, what if he turns into the Joker? <laughs> the, the thought process should be, I might be one step to him not becoming the joker. Yeah. You know, I can I can offer this man some kindness and it might change his whole life. Yeah. Because that's how that's how it is how important those moments are to people that are so hugely disaffected. Yeah. And I know I'm I'm talking about something that's fiction as if it's real, but that is that is a real thing, you know. Mhm. We, we do have the capacity to treat people with kindness and with respect and I think if there's anything positive to take away from a film like that it's that that we can do that, we don't have to be so we don't have to live in this culture of being mean to each other yeah, essentially and belittling each other
1: Yeah, it's like, like nourish the sympathy and empathy inside you yeah, like there's nothing wrong with sympathising or empathising no like that, of course that, it isn't. if we don't if we if we lose sight of that, what are we anymore? Like that yeah. that's literally the the gift we have above other creatures.
0: One hundred percent. Yeah. Other other creatures can't do that. They can't yeah. sympathize and they can't empathize. No. And yes, we should be able to do that with even the people that have reached the depths of despair. Yeah. 100%. You know whoever they are. And <laughs> Apart from anything else, and again, I don't want to, uh, maybe this, maybe mm. some of that should be for 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 another discussion. Maybe we can put it on another channel called Think Bait. Check that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we may set up another um, podcast channel and video channel called Casual Corns Think Bait, where we discuss things in slightly more intellectual detail. Mm. And when I say intellectual, I don't mean that in the sense of yeah. we are intellectuals, but just in, in the sense that we...
1: More deep dives into things.
0: Yes. Mm. But yeah, I mean, sympathy and uh, basically punishment is not always the answer. Punishment for everything. Mm. Um, in every single micro situation to punish somebody seems extremely unsympathetic and harsh. But it, but Robert De Niro, the combination of Robert De Niro's character <laughs> and um, the culture of which Gotham thrives in reminded me and I, I, I got really... I thought really deeply on this mm. of how, you know, shows like The X Factor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've got a little, I've got a little secret. I auditioned for The X Factor when I was 17. It never told me this. <laughs> no. And I'm, I'm, I'm admitting it live on this. <laughs> but I was 17. I was really, really nervous and I remember it really, like, clearly. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> And yeah, it was just, yeah, I was really, I was really, I, well, I wasn't really bad. That's the thing. I wasn't really bad. My voice is okay. And even when I was really nervous, my voice was okay. So it wasn't like, um, yeah, I wasn't really bad. But when I turned up, because it was like the second one ever, mm. I literally expected Simon Cowell to be there and this, that and the other. Yeah. But you're not. It's You're in a room with a bunch of producers and they put you into a little room and they get you to do to sing for literally two minutes and they spend most of that time Talking to you and trying to figure out
1: if they can something s- if they can sell some aspect of you, basically. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah. I went home and well, they said right on, right on the day, like straight away, we w- we won't be asking you to come back for the TV auditions. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was kind of just glad I'd done it to be honest, because I was so nervous. I was only young.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, looking back on that, even like a couple of weeks later, or when the show came out, and I was like, we saw all these people go on the show, and some of them were really good, and some of them were really bad, and I thought. Well, that person there who is horrendous is clearly not better than me. Yeah. Like, clearly. And, you know, nobody in their right mind would think that. And it just occurred to me during that moment, and I know people have since learned this anyway through various means, but it just occurred to me that people were being put onto the live shows purely because they were bad. Yeah. And for the sole reason of being mocked and laughed at.
1: Yeah. Like it's like that great that great scene in the Extras Christmas special when yeah. Ricky says
0: And fuck you, the makers of this show as well. You can't wash your hands of this. You can't keep going, Oh, it's exploitation, but it's what the public want. No. The Victorian Freak Show never went away. Now it's called Big Brother or X Factor, where the preliminary rounds we wheel out the bewildered to be sniggered at by multi millionaires.
1: Like that it it nails
0: it. Totally totally and what 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 horrifies me about that whole thing is we are as a culture responsible for it now people might think well it's not really our fault someone else is making the TV programme it's like well you watch it you you contribute to it if you didn't watch it then the TV then the advertisement companies wouldn't be uh, paying to have their adverts on during the commercial break because there wouldn't be enough viewers mm-hmm. you know you're contributing to it so we're all contributing to this culture of just demeaning people and i just found it was like it was like a horrible realization when i saw these people that were um really really bad singers and they didn't know they were really really bad singers they were terrible and everyone's just laughing it like cuts to the audience they're all laughing Mm. and all of a sudden you know how it when you see things in a new light and all of a sudden that laughter looks kind of like distorted misshapen faces kind of like bouncing (laughs) back and forth towards you so that sort of imagery was sort of that's how it then occurred to me in my mind like this is a r- horrific yeah. like everyone is laughing at this person it is horrific and that is exactly what robert de niro's character was doing with the joker yeah. and it was one thing that he that he was aware of he had the wherewithal to actually understand that yeah yeah so if there's one thing you can learn from this film it's not to not to be mean <laughs> It did actually make me think. Maybe we should all stop laughing at Tommy Wiseau. Hi, this is Tommy Wiseau, creator of the room. Let me introduce you to the new Joker. <laughs> what doesn't kill you make you stranger. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker?
1: <laughs> That's a jump. No, it's not really a jump, is it? <laughs>
0: Think about it. Like he's made this film that he thought was brilliant. Yeah. He now he now tries to pretend he didn't think it was brilliant, but he clearly did. Oh,
1: he thought it was a masterpiece. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and everyone in the world laughs at the room um, to, the, to
1: the extent that James Franco made his own film. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just mocking it.
1: Yeah. Literally just mocking it. That's what yeah. the disaster artist is. It's a mockery.
0: Exactly. Now, as it happens, I think Tommy Wiseau is. It has a has a kind of pragmatic sort of attitude towards it, where he doesn't, you know. But you know, if if he had a different mindset, or if he was more, even more deluded than he clearly was, then how how does one respond? I'm not, I'm not saying that that being mean turns everyone into the Joker. Like that's not even sort of the leap I'm trying to make. I'm just trying to say, really, that I will gladly laugh at Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, like he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah but it's actually really harsh when you think about it that I'm not laughing at him. I'm not laughing because he's funny or I'm laughing at him because he doesn't know he's funny mm. and that's quite cruel the more I think about it um but but be that as it may like um and I you know maybe maybe I am going on on that sort of subject too long, but that is such a core part of the, the film, isn't it so.
1: yeah, no, it's great, it's great. It's such, oh, do you know what was great, actually? This is a total jump from what we were just talking about. But, like, like the film has such, I don't know, it felt like a shape to it. And this kind of trickles down to so many different areas. So, like, the soundtrack is great, right? And it kind of heaves and twists and groans and contorts. And then, like, that idea of, like, and twisting, like, it's in the mm. script it's in the themes it's in his like Arthur's body Yeah, he is, yeah, yeah. He is oh my god he's so malnourished looking it's great he, the way he contorts himself um, like the subject matter like it's just it feels like a really well thought out and contained piece like in every single level it all just comes together so well
0: that's some really really good thing like that's a really really good point like I hadn't thought of it like that but it is as if it's so cohesive in yep. cohesive in its incongruence almost mm-hmm. like it's disjointed in some in many respects but but that level of disjointedness is sort of clearly deliberate yep. you know yeah that's really interesting just to think of him doing that sort of weird dancing and yeah it's re- oh my god I felt it's such a strange thing like the, do you
1: remember that bathroom scene where he's dancing in the bathroom and it's kind of when when he really becomes Joker because the film just like from then on he is the Joker but I got really emotional during that scene and like I can't explain why I don't know why like I kind of got a lump in my throat and tears in my eyes and it was because everything just came together like because it had been a step-by-step set-up and payoff process. Like, great script up until that mm. point, And that was the turning point. I could clearly see it in my brain. Everything made sense. Everything had led up to this point, And it was just coming together in such a beautifully choreographed way. And mm. I think choreographed is actually um, an accurate word, I think, because <clears throat> it's a dance sequence in the bathroom, mm. slow-motion dance sequence. The music is crescendoing. He's contorting himself. He's like completely cracked at this point, and it just sets up the the final act so so well. Mm. I still can't explain why I got so emotional there because it's I don't relate to this. I I don't like that word relating to characters, but I I don't relate yeah, to this yeah. to this guy in the sense that like I know what he's about to do, or yeah. I have some suspicions about what what he's about to do. But I, in I do kind of relate in the sense that. I recognise some of the the things he's gone through to get to that point, yeah, and like, and obviously it's, it's,
0: it's all relative, and it, it happens on a different um, scale, yeah, um, and all these things. It's it's a strange one when people say, order, oh, like." I agree. Like, it's strange when people use it because it's like some people say, "Well, I didn't relate to this character or whatever." Mm. But but relating to a character or a person or a time period is nothing really about. How similar that person is to you, mm-hmm. or that time period, or any of that. I remember my friend came away from *Lame Is* and he was like, "I couldn't relate to it." <laughs> so I, we we just took the piss out of him because we were like, "What do you mean you couldn't relate to it?" He's like, "What do you mean he's got like, a set in 1800s?" And I was like, "What? What are you on about?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like lots of people think in that way or like, and, it, and if you were to say that you related to the character of the Joker oh, people's automatic reaction would be oh my god you're a freak then it's like no, no but you relate to you, you, tiny moments exactly that-
1: you relate to tiny moments and you relate to the fact that things make sense in the context of the film that's what yes, ex- that's what exactly. I mean when I say I relate to something in a film it doesn't mean like I see myself as the character which is what, <laughs> which is what people seem to mean when they use that word <laughs> But it, yeah. it's that, like, it just clicks for me. It makes sense and it feels good in terms of, yeah. like, the artistic side of it.
0: Yeah, it's like when a character is... Someone does something bad to a character. The idea of relating to how that person feels in that moment, that's what you mean by related to them. It's, it's, it's basically another word for empathy. You empathise with that character in that moment. I you I feel how... I can understand how that character would feel in that moment. Yeah, Because something similar once happened to me, you know where, I don't know, someone had said something nice to my face and then three weeks later mm. you find out that they'd bitched about you behind your back or whatever. You know, it's that's all. That, it's those little moments of empathy that were happening to the Joker where even if those moments weren't big moments, they felt big to him. Yeah. And that's that's really key. Yeah. When he figured out and realised that this guy who had given him the gun had lied and said he'd been bugging him about giving him a gun.
1: <laughs> it crushed him.
0: It crushed him, yeah, because he goes, well, why would he lie about that? Yeah. And the, your response and your reaction to that situation would be completely different, but that's not the point. It's not about how you respond or how you react. It's about how you related in that specific moment and do you know how that feels to be let down and to, f- to feel as if someone is just completely... Betrayed you, Mm -hmm. and I think everyone has felt that, whether it be on a macro, uh, on a micro sort of level, we've all felt betrayed on some level before by someone we we care about. And Arthur might have felt as if this guy was his friend, Mm -hmm. and I think he did because of the way he was speaking to him. Yeah, so he must have felt really betrayed in all these little individual moments and the thing I love is that it's not it's not
1: that he snaps suddenly no you know there's no one big moment that makes him snap which would have been so easy to do but like it's much more intelligent and grounded than that and it's a slow gradual process that just grinds him grinds him down Mm. and oh it's just great isn't it and that like that performance Jesus Christ Joaquin Fiend. like i've i think i've said to you, like he is one of my favorite actors like mm-hmm. and it's only in the last one or two years that i've kind of realized that cuz i've i've seen a lot of his films in um the last couple of years
0: he hasn't done that many films he is a kind of yeah daniel day lewis esque actor in the sense that he just picks the films that he really wants to do and
1: and then disappears yeah yeah
0: yeah and um he's just not a hollywood star which is something that i always like as well he's a he's an actor yeah and the joker character is it is the joker character one of the best characters around full stop like regardless of how they how they do it because we've had now two absolutely incredible joker performances from different actors
1: yeah jared leto and Joaquin phoenix <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh no, that that feels disrespectful, actually. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you even can... joke about that. <laughs> no, but it's funny. Not once during this film did I think about Heath Ledger. No, do you know what I mean? No, I I, didn't I, I never compared, no. never, and that's great.
0: I did once actually, but, just... only, but 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 not in the way that you mean. Anyway, it was only in the sense that there was a, there were, towards the end there were a couple of shots that seemed to be in homage of was that the police um, car one yeah yeah uh, I noticed did you that. think so yeah
1: he's <laughs> yeah. looking out the window
0: yeah but mm. uh, it isn't actually that similar I looked at, but look back and it's not that similar but for some reason it, at the time I, I felt like it was exactly the same yeah so did I but I look back and I'm sure it's not the same but anyway yeah it's certainly that moment in the police car certainly reminded me of the moment in Dark Knight yeah. And I wondered if it was deliberate, that it was a sort of a slight homage to it. Mm. Um, even when the, the, the camera swooped around behind the police car, I thought, oh, that looks familiar. Mm. Um, but it just, the, the feeling it gave me as well, and it just made me realise that we're, we're jumping all over the place here. But it was that feeling of everything having a character. Um, yeah, I remember watching The Wire years back and someone said that Baltimore was a character yeah. in 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 the wire and it felt like gotham was a character in this mm-hmm. it felt like felt like the music was a character it felt like the building like i i can't explain it like it just felt like everything was so important to how you perceived this film this piece of art it felt yeah. like everything was everything was right yeah it really did. That's like,
1: that's what I meant at the start when I said it's it's so cl- like it's as close to perfect as I think a film can be. It's just every everything is correct. It's just right. Yeah. It feels in its right place.
0: Speaking of perfection, there was one thing now this is a thing that I didn't even think of. I okay. since I spoke to a friend about it. Um and he did wonder if things could have been slightly less on the nose. Mm. Now, this is this was funny because I never, for one second, would have associated the phrase "on on the nose" with the Joker after watching it because I was like, uh, everything felt pretty subtle to me, pretty mm-hmm. like you had to feel it. Um, but he did he did give some good examples, and it felt like they were unnecessary. Okay, but I don't know whether I hundred percent agree with him. But I can at least I can see where he's coming from. He found the stuff like when at the beginning of the film, the Joker has his sign stolen, yeah, and they run off, and then they beat him up. And um, it's like, does he need to be beaten up? Like, does that's quite a big moment. It's quite a big thing. Mm-hmm. Why would they steal his sign? Like, I know, I know I know why in the context of the film it's just because they basically just wanted to mess with him essentially and, mm. and and that was one of the reasons why he felt so downtrodden but his point was, did was that necessary? Could he not just have had little moments like falling over and everyone walking by or, you know, fe- these little moments of feeling humiliated and things like that and there was the moment on the train did those guys need to beat him up? Could they not have something different have happened? Because it, it did resort to beating him up yeah. I mean,
1: I I have an idea against this, but go on finish finish your yeah. point.
0: Yeah. I mean, you let's see what what you, what you're thinking. Is your idea against well, it?
1: Like I I I'm not right or wrong and he's not right or wrong, but no, exactly, I, I would yeah. say that because everything is from Arthur's perspective, literally everything, that we yes. we did need those moments in order for us to buy that Gotham is this hellhole. Because if if we didn't have him... Like, being beaten up at the start, it seems really extreme. Mm. Um, and yet yeah, you might think it's unnecessary, and that's fine. But would we buy that, like, all of Gotham would just erupt in chaos at the end if we didn't already have it in the back of our minds that, like, kids are doing these things, like beating up clowns on the street already um, or whatever? Because we wouldn't have got a scene like that... Um, later on in the movie or like because the vision is to see everything from Arthur's perspective we need him to be the eyes into what's going on on the streets do you know what I mean yes
0: massively really really good point Um, I I actually said to him about the unreliable narrator thing I was like well you've got to remember he is an unreliable narrator you know we have to see this through his lens that's another good point which is sort of similar to what you said you know everything's from his perspective Um and it's funny because it's not to say that I don't think that those things happened and you are meant to take things literally when you see films and moments like that in films but by the same token what's most important is the sense like which is kind of what you're saying with the, the kind of the feeling that you get from that and the sense of what Arthur is going through from that now if he'd have fallen over and everyone would walk past him like you kind of say also with the we buy the anarchy of Gotham but aside from that if everyone just walks past him however that's directed whether it be you know extreme close up on his face and him feeling humiliated Mm. does it still feel like quite enough to push a character like that over the edge Mm. and I think there's a lot of those things that come into play and maybe maybe these are the sort of things that they were talking about maybe they had these conversations and maybe they did decide that these were important and necessary. I think the second one on on the train was definitely necessary because he ended up shooting them anyway.
1: Yeah, he had to be pushed to do that, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, being pushed to that was, you know, it just felt so real. Yeah. That moment for me, like, I don't know if you've ever been on a late night train and and (laughs) been surrounded by drunken people or whatever. It's it's scary. It is scary, man. Yeah, Yeah, especially when you're by yourself or whatever. That poor woman who sat there with, three idiots like chucking crisps at her or whatever they were yeah like she'd have been like shitting herself and
1: and I love the fact and, she just leaves as well Yeah, so, you know Arthur doesn't so real. Arthur doesn't save her she just gets up and yeah. gets the hell out of
0: there when he starts it, laughing it's great. yeah really good because also the other thing is you watch films like that usually and the girl just stays there they sit there and the audience go going move yeah. walk away like yeah. you, or like the horror movie classic horror movie tropes <laughs> when the people open the door that like you can hear all the noise behind in real life you're gonna be like fuck that i'm not going anywhere near that door yeah um, <laughs> same sort of situation and it's like she just walks away she like um protects herself essentially mm-hmm. and he hasn't got the well, the ability to just walk away at that point because he's for a lot of reasons mm-hmm I mean, it just felt so real. I just felt like I was there. You know that sort of. Yeah. uh, This feels like this is happening, and and you feel the funny thing is is I'm, I don't know if I did feel for Arthur as such. Now, as we've said, I did relate to him and I did empathise with him. I'm not sure. I'm not. It's weird because the whole film is about Arthur and he's the lead. And he is essentially the protagonist, yeah. and yet he's clearly a bad guy, and also, despite empathising for about certain parts of him, I don't think I ever wanted him to succeed as such. No, no, neither do I. I. No, I, I think there's part of me that's thinking, even though you obviously know what's going to happen because it's, a, you know, you know what the Joker becomes. Yeah. There's part of me that's thinking, oh, well, maybe I just only this person would do this so that it could stop him from tipping over this edge. That might have gone through my head. But really, it just felt like, and usually this doesn't work, because usually you have to care, like, a lot about the character. And I care, I do, I did care, but I didn't, he could have died, and I don't think I would have minded, if Mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I sat, I think I just sat there feeling absorbed in this story. Just, like, gripped by every moment, like, every frame
1: Yeah, and you're right. Like, yeah, I didn't necessarily empathize with him. It wasn't about him. Like, any, like, deep emotions I had, I think, was more about just the idea of someone suffering from uh, a mental illness who can't can't get the help they need. And, like, kind of, to some extent, understanding what that's like. But on another level, it it was just, it's so devastating and heartbreaking. And Mm. it's, it's amazing that that was communicated through, like in inverted commas again a comic book movie
0: yeah and it never felt like a comic book movie no it, it never all.
1: did no like I, I mean, I, mean I, I think I said that about Logan when that came out that it it didn't yeah. feel like but like Logan did feel like a comic book movie a lot more than this did like <laughs> <laughs>
0: well yeah comparatively yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but to be fair Logan also didn't but yeah. in comparison to this this felt like yeah not like a current movie yeah, in was... fact it, I'm not being funny it didn't feel like any movie I've ever seen
1: no, I I think the same as well. That's why I'm having such a like an odd and awestruck reaction to it because I I yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm still thinking about it. Like it's everything's going through my head so fast. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's had a really, really deep effect on me.
0: It, it does feel like it gets into your skin a bit, like. The last um.
1: yeah. The last film I had such a, a like deep core reaction to like this, and it was for a different reason, but was the texas chainsaw massacre the original one the one from the 70s and i watched that about two years ago and that film you know it's a it's a great classic horror film like Mm. in terms of storytelling like the more artistic side of filmmaking i don't think it's a great film but for what it is it's it's really really good and effective but um i felt like i needed to have a shower after watching that film i felt like physically dirty and grimy and disgusting Jesus, um, it like got under my skin that much, and like this is the next film. Joker is the next film that has affected me like that deeply, like physically and like really deeply, psychologically as well. Like I, I feel this film still hours after seeing it.
0: So, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like how do you feel? How do you feel?
1: <sighs> Overwhelmed. Um, do, you, do you feel sad? Do I feel, you feel. I feel sad. Yeah. I, I feel really sad, oh. overwhelmed. Like
0: they just—they feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to f- I don't want? I don't want you to feel sad. And but but like, how how do you feel? Why do you feel sad?
1: I don't know. The art of filmmaking is dying, and this game. <laughs>
0: I don't know this. I don't know this. It just such a great film. I know what you mean. Like, I've it, had that feeling. So you're sort of like a sentimental, almost, yeah, almost it, it, this, like a. It feels
1: like a real. Movie.
0: Yeah. I've I've like, had that sadness feeling before with things. Um Yeah, I've actually <laughs> Yeah. I was about to say something embarrassing. I was about to say that I've had that feeling of sadness um when watching Disney films. When <laughs> when I watch it and I feel really like it's sad almost that the world isn't like that sometimes. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And with this, the sadness is from the fact that the world is like that. Now, yeah. that's that's scary, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that the world is like that and that people are like that. Yeah, and th- I think this is another reason why I struggle to understand how people can misunderstand this film so much, in my opinion, anyway, mm-hmm. that they think that this would inspire copycat killers or that it would <laughs> um, make people uh sympathise with the psychopath as such. I mean, like y yeah, yeah, there's some sympathy there, but I mean for me it's kind of has the opposite effect. Like all these people that are that are bad in the world or are horrible or do mean things essentially like if anything I'd be looking at them going do that less. Yep. You know, do that less, and you, we might have a, a better world. Yeah. Like, isn't that a good thing? It's, like, it, it, the one—that's the one thing that I've got from it. Like, don't be horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know it's not our responsibility for each of these inv- individuals, and when there is a psychopath that shoots up a school or whatever, like, I'm not going to be there going, "Oh, well, you know, it was society's fault." <laughs> You know, I'm not going to say that. But but I still... You've still got to be able to understand and grasp the idea. Because if you don't understand and grasp the idea of some form of redemption or some form of sympathy, or then what, what, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, you have to be able to, whoever they are, whatever they've done, you have to be able to at least understand them, even if it's just so that we stop it from happening to other people. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I do believe, I mean, I, I remember hearing once about every person is like two steps away from being homeless or something like that. Mm. And it's like, that's scary. Like it only takes two big moments in your life and all of a sudden you're homeless. Mm-hmm. And this is the sort of type of thinking that, it, that this film led me to realise. And in a way it made me think, you know, there's so much I I could be doing to make sure that other people don't feel that way or, you know, cause, you know, you, all it takes is just a few moments of kindness, and um, also for yourself as well, your self responsibility, like to make sure that you know you don't find yourself in these deep depths of despair. Yeah. And obviously, not everybody, even in those deep depths of despair, would take it on someone else, mm-hmm. like the Joker does. Mm-hmm. But some people take it on themselves you know, and in many different guises. And that's just as scary. That's just as uh, sad. Yeah. You know, I just... The funny thing is, is me and my friend, and my friend never, never ever talks about this stuff like this. Came out of the film. He he talks about movies and stuff. It's not like he's not one of these people who just watches it and goes home and doesn't think about it at all. But we came out and he... And we sat in his car for two hours because he drove us to the cinema. And we spoke about the film and about mental health. Yeah. For 2 hours after watching his film and he never ever speaks about stuff like that mm. ever. And I learned a lot about him. You know, I learned that he goes through these things as well and like lots of people do and he's had, you know, everyone's everyone gets these problems and and you know, we had a talk and he felt better about it because of the talk and I felt better about it because of the talk. Yeah. And he told me about this guy that he works with and i won't i'm you know i'll be very careful not to mention any names but yeah. there's a guy that he worked with who everybody he said he just said nobody ever has a good word to say about this guy i work with hmm. ever and he said he said it just made him realize all of a sudden just from watching the joker that nobody at his work has a good word to say about this guy yeah. Like it's almost as if he's just like the whipping boy, essentially, for everybody. Mm-hmm. It just made him realize that. Like for a movie to make you realize that, especially someone who doesn't, who isn't like a deep thinker or thinks about those things normally, yeah, that is so profound. Yeah. To come away thinking like that's could potentially change the way my mate thinks about things,
1: the way he lives his life. Yeah, yeah the
0: way he lives his life, and then in turn, maybe he goes into work on Monday says something kind to this guy because he realises that everyone just takes the piss out of him all day, every day. Maybe he says something kind to him yeah. and maybe that guy feels better. So maybe that guy goes home that day and no longer does that thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. how is this not a good thing? It is.
1: Like, this is what... Uh, I don't get it because uh, we don't need to talk in specifics about the press surrounding this movie. No. Because, like... I don't know how you would miss all that. It's it's all that the internet has been talking about for ages. But yeah, that's not. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like the the media want something bad to happen. Like yeah, they they are gagging totally. for gagging for some bad thing to come out of this. And yeah. I I don't get that. What does that say about? Yeah, what does it say about you? Yeah,
0: like, yeah, you you want something bad to happen so you can be proven to be right. Yeah like mate i like, i would rather be proven to be wrong like if something bad didn't happen because of you know what i mean like yep it's, it's psychopathic it which is. is there's an irony in that like, in all of that <laughs> <laughs> it really is an irony yeah. in all of that and i think they're just, they are just they can't see it um and it's 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 just really sad and it's really worrying that this is the world we live in to an extent, with the media and everything, I do think that people realise it more and more. I think I it might so. feel like the opposite is is the case, but we've got to remember that the media is sort of is sort of in control of how we perceive the rest of the world, yeah. and a lot of the time, it's the most vocal who are the most extreme in the way they think, mm-hmm. um, and and also like the people that follow. The Joker at the end of the film, like it's a lot of people who see the Joker as this ideological figure, it's a symbol a symbol, yeah, that's a better word of how of they think he means something, mm. they think he's doing something yeah he doesn't he's not doing anything
1: uh, it's it's yeah exactly, they latch onto this symbol and interpret it in their own way, but it's not yeah. at all what he intended
0: no. Mm. He doesn't intend anything. He's a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you understand about that? He's a psycho, and then these people latch onto it because it to them it means something. Yeah. But these people who latch onto it, this is complicated too. Because I'm not saying that they're as bad as a psychopath. Yeah. But they're a different kind of bad because they're just they're, being, they're they've allowed themselves to be essentially manipulated. <sighs> It, I mean the, the film is so deep and, and complex in a lot of respects because many people politically and, and maybe we should talk about this separately but mm-hmm. I'll touch on it now because it's in my mind many people will politically try and turn this into a kind of capitalism yeah. and you know that sort of dynamic yeah. Now, what's interesting is Gotham is falling apart and one of the reasons it's falling apart is because the rich have become too have become corrupt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, a lot of the criticism of this film will, and what it's saying is coming from people who also believe the rich have become too corrupt. <laughs> so I don't understand how they don't understand that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? I, I get you. Yeah.
0: Is it because of? them being rich because of capitalism or is it because of the culture is it because of the way Gothamites treat each other mm. and is that even related to the money and then the next part of that is Is does this help does this, aunt, does this response that the Joker and his fanatics have, does that help and probably not it's almost too difficult to, to break down because it's it touches on real-life issues and mixes them with fiction. Yeah.
1: It is, yeah. There, there There's just so much in this, isn't there, to unpack?
0: Yeah. <laughs> there's so much. So much. I mean, we've barely even touched on... Well, we haven't even mentioned the Waynes. Or... I was about
1: to say, we haven't mentioned the Waynes. Yeah.
0: And do you know what I like about that, right? That's the one
1: kind of comic like hearing the Wayne name, is mm. the one kind of comic booky thing about it. Even though we're focusing on Joker, like mm. that takes a back seat because it's about Arthur. But, um, like the Waynes and Thomas Wayne and all, like it's the one part that could be a bit cheesy, a bit comic booky. But like, it it's not.
0: Mm. I do wonder if they could have done without it, like completely. They
1: probably could. To be honest, it could have been anyone. It didn't have to be mm. Thomas Wayne they didn't have to die at the end, I suppose, but you know, yeah, did the,
0: they have to show that or, or, is that a good way of showing that essentially I think the riots led to,
1: led to Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I And I did like the kind of, there was a bit of symmetry there at the end where like the Joker and Batman were pretty much born at the same time. Like it cut, yeah. it cut between the shots of them. Like uh, Bruce standing there over the bodies of his dead parents and, Joker being lifted up by those two guys out of the police car yeah that was nice
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and there's not like without hitting us too hard over the head it was shown that there is like I, I said earlier there's no Batman without Gotham but there's no Joker without Batman either and there's no Batman without Joker like they kind of those mm. two characters are always intrinsically linked or they have been anyway to my lo- to my knowledge
0: yeah yeah, it does feel that way, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like, and I, th- it's really strange because part of me thinks I don't want a film, I don't want another film with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. neither die. So yeah, but then part of me also thinks, but well, oh, but just how cool would it be? Like, <laughs> if you just, do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> no. that, that would little part of you. You have
1: to restrain yourself. Yeah, no, I yeah. I totally agree. I would love to see, but the the thing is, we've seen such like we've we've seen a complete character piece on him now, right? Mm. So for him to take a back seat as a villain in a movie, it would seem weird and wrong, and and as if that character is being underserved. Mm. Do you know yeah, I
0: don't know. I don't even know how you deal with it. Yeah, you? yeah.
1: It, it it'd just be strange because, like, as great as Heath Ledger was, and as great as those themes were in that movie, um, you know that it, we never got a deep dive into the psychology or how he became who he is in that film. That's, mm. like, it's a completely different film. It's a completely different character. And yeah. I'm not comparing, like, which one's better. It's just different. And, like, mm. he works in that film because he was never set up beforehand. We didn't have uh preconceptions about who who he was or anything. And then that was the point. We don't know who he is. He's just an agent of chaos. That's what he represents thematically. But with Arthur, yeah. like, with his Joker, for him to be in the second film as anything but the focus would just seem wrong after this mm. i think anyway
0: yeah yeah and also i'm not sure how the ages would all link up and stuff oh geez he'd
1: have to be what? Well, oh he should be 60 yeah. years old
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i know yeah because it's set in 1981 i think yeah, yeah that's it um so yeah i don't know how they'd figure that out um, so I yeah I can't see that all happening mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't matter that he's that age and all that sort of stuff like it's just so good as an isolated movie Yeah. and with the Waynes thing as well I, do you think it would have worked let's imagine for a second that that stuff at the end with the Waynes and you know um, Bruce Wayne seeing his parents die Yeah. let's imagine that that wasn't Bruce Wayne and they weren't the Waynes. Does that scene still work? I think it does. Just. And I think I was just I was just thinking it through then. And I think the reason it works is down to something very small, which is that we've had the moment where we've seen the kid let's just call him the kid because in this imaginary <laughs> sort of version of the film we don't know that he's Bruce. Yeah. Um we've seen the kid We've seen him interact with the Joker, with Arthur, and we've seen Arthur noticing Bruce Mm. as he's strangling Alfred and then stopping himself and then running away. So we've had this moment for the kid of seeing a bit of violence happening on someone he cares about and then it's stopping. So I think that still works, that moment at the end he sees his own parents die in front of him yeah i think at moments, it moment i think it works as a, as an as a moment isolated as if it wasn't even related to batman mm now what i was going to get at was it's it's good if it does work at, in isolation as well because it it's just its own film then and i think it does i think it I think it could totally just work as an isolated moment in, in its own film yeah And it has the added layer. So it has, you know, this layers to it. I think there's a lot of moments that feel as if they have layers. And one of those things is, you know, how his mother obviously says that Arthur is
1: Thomas Thomas Wayne's Wayne's son. Yeah.
0: That's really interesting because you could interpret it that he is.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's left ambiguous still. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I love that it's left ambiguous because we cause it, it it obviously wants you to feel as if, you know, is he? Yeah. It says. I mean, there's so many things there as well because, uh, is his mum sort of delusional and crazy like Thomas Wayne said she was? Yeah. And but is she delusional and crazy in a in a sort of a, a literal way, like in a mentally ill way, in which case? does that sort of exemplify how it could all be genetic? You know, because obviously mental illness can be heavily genetic. Yep. So maybe that adds to all that. So may, Do you know what I mean? Or maybe she wasn't ill and therefore maybe it isn't. Do you know what I mean? There's so many different <laughs> things. Yeah. Um. I mean, she's clearly sickly. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly had a crazy warped, Upbringing. there's a
1: bit of psycho in there as well with the weird mother son relationship. it just crossed yeah. my mind, huh,
0: yeah, I mean, I don't it's think it's quite Oedipus, is it like it's not no
1: like... not quite like i I did get a kind of twinge of that when he was washing her in the bath, but like that's yeah. that's just him caring for his old mother,
0: exactly, yeah yeah it's not it's it's not quite to that level, it's just that he's just so removed from. Norm, normal life really yeah. normal social aspects mm-hmm. and speaking of which the way they dealt with him and his girlfriend in inverted commas oh. what did you think about that?
1: I, I liked it I really yeah, liked same. it but
0: um, I thought it was
1: interesting you see early on I remember she called him Arthur like the second time okay the first time they meet is in the elevator where she like does the the gun at her head thing yeah and uh, then yeah. the second time he sees her I think she just calls him Arthur, and I was like, "Hang on a second, yeah. What like does does she know him? Is like, do they already know each other? I thought like they just met in the lift for the first time, all this kind of stuff. So I kind of like there were questions in my head, and that's a, that's like that's a good thing in a film. Generally, yeah, yeah already, gen- generally. Yeah. Um, and so I was I was a bit suspicious, but like it seemed weird to me that she was so okay with him. Like, how, yeah. like why was she like? totally okay with him like he's clearly not a normal guy yeah and she was just treating like she wasn't acting like a real human being in those scenes
0: no she wasn't (laughs) but 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 by the same token i still didn't really think this isn't real no neither did i i was just a bit i
1: I just felt a bit weird about it
0: yeah really strange because it was just like a passing feeling of weirdness like this that's a bit weird uh, this does seem weird that she seems fine with him being such a weirdo yeah like in the moment i I I didn't i never
1: i never saw it as a flaw i just thought it was a bit weird
0: yeah yeah (laughs) which is which is sort of almost perfect the way they pitched it kind of thing Um, and then you look back on it and you're like well of course it wasn't bloody real (laughs) he's mental and she's quite attractive and all these things
1: this would never happen
0: yeah but then you but then you think well maybe it's just because he took that you know he took that by the scruff of the neck and he felt all this new confidence and he was a new man and mm-hmm. um you know in the moment like when i was seeing it all happen i was yeah. like oh maybe because you know he marches to a room and, and kisses her but then what's really yeah and then i just think like you know later like when he just sat s- sat there in a room like oh god that's scary like freak fucking hell oh so scary and so real though I can imagine a real scary stalker doing that yeah and I can imagine the response that she gave was so chillingly real as well like just in a really played down realistic way yep. like she's just like oh my god you made me jump like it's Arthur isn't it like all this shit that yep. was just felt so real Um, and I just thought oh god don't do it like she, she's got a
1: yeah,
0: um, he's got a child, and yeah. yeah, and I was just like, in those moments, I'm thinking, "Don't do anything, please, don't, don't like, don't hurt her," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which is, and then you don't know because he just storms out, but you don't know whether he's done anything.
1: Exactly, and that, that's the ambiguity. Again, I love that.
0: Yeah, has he killed her? What's he done with her? He just walked out. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know because he probably doesn't know as well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. He exactly. he's really that far gone in terms of his mind. He he probably couldn't tell you if he'd done it or not because he's just like mental. Yeah, and d- <laughs> 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 yeah it's but just like, oh man, another oh, thing oh, similar you... to that. What, wait, what were you gonna say? I don't know because I don't know if you, yours is similar. Mine was sort of related, but you, you go.
1: No, no, you 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 continue on your train of thought first. Oh
0: uh, man, okay, go, go go go. So basically, I, I was just gonna say that basically i had a similar feeling when you know when i can't remember their names but the two guys came to sort of see if he was all right and there was the dwarf guy yeah um and and then he can't reach the (laughs) chain yeah like there was a there was a visible there was like an audible gasp in the cinema where i was but not in a not in a feigned way that you sometimes get in cinemas, where it was like, "Oh no, I hope," you know, it's not, not like a <gasps> like that. It was more like, "Oh god!" No, you could just hear people like, "Oh no, please don't!" Do you know yeah, what I mean? as in thing. like
1: this, yeah. What like he had his ticket out of here, but this could now be like, yeah, Ar- Arthur could now kill him. Yeah, it's like, yeah.
0: Oh. I just, I mean, I'm just. Everyone was. You could just feel this horrible little tension in everyone's stomach, like kind of like, "What is he going to do? Please don't, like, don't hurt him. Yeah. He's a good guy," kind of thing. Oh man,
1: that. Uh, Oh my God, I love that. And again, yeah, mine is more similar to that than your original point, actually. And that is, you know what? Right. You know, like before he shoots Robert De Niro at the end, right? Oh god! The whole yeah. film has been building up to him shooting himself in the head, right? Mm. Because, you know, I think it's in the first or second scene when it's in his first scene with the therapist when he opens up his notebook and you see that line about um, what... What is it i can't remember specifically oh, it's about like yes. meaning maybe in... my life
0: will make more sense when i'm dead
1: yeah something like that that's S-
0: but sense that's... is spelt sense <laughs> like more money yeah
1: um yeah that's great but it, yeah it, it's it's that right and then okay so that idea is in our head he's been thinking about this and then he starts like miming like the gunshot to his chin like when he's practicing for being on the mm. show he does that a few times Um, that's reinforced with the girlfriend holding the gun up to her to her head all the stuff like that right all these little mm. set up moments so that when he's in there in the talk show with Robert De Niro I still wasn't like maybe you were I still wasn't sure like I thought he still he could have killed himself like, I did not know I knew something bad was going to happen obviously but I didn't know what the hell it was I wasn't sure if he's going to no,
0: kill same. everyone
1: kill Robert De Niro kill himself like
0: I, yeah, you know th- even though you know it's an origin story you still think well he could He could could kill himself here. Like, you don't know anything about
1: it. Exactly. I thought he was dead in the police car when the the ambulance crashed in because at that point, the riots were already happening. The Joker had become a a symbol. So anyone could be the Joker technically. So, like, it doesn't really matter if Arthur lives or dies. So, like, when the ambulance smashed into the car and, like, it showed him lying there, I was like, oh, shit, he's (laughs) dead. And I bought that. And I think that's great.
0: Yeah. Shit. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, I'm now wondering. And I hadn't thought this before. Ob- obviously, you didn't even mention the time he was feigning killing himself with the with the girl. Um, oh Jesus. As you say, there was lots of different times where where it alluded to him killing himself, didn't it? Yeah. I now wonder if he never considered killing himself. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, I don't know it sounds weird. I now wonder his mind... Do we know he was suicidal?
1: No, we don't, actually. No.
0: Like, <laughs> maybe my life will make more sense when it's dead. That's That doesn't mean he's contemplating suicide. That just... He, his thoughts were quite simplistic. However you want to... Yeah. Package it. He wasn't... Like, this is another reason why I find it strange how people could think that he could inspire copycat killers. The guy was... Socially inept, he had no purpose. He had no goals or aims or no, very very childlike, childlike, yeah. juvenile, and just sort of he he couldn't spell. He, he, you know, he wasn't intelligent. He wasn't this criminal mastermind that Heath Ledger's Joker was mm-hmm. towards the end of Dark Knight. He mm-hmm. was he was mentally ill, and on top of the fact he obviously was quite slow. Why would he? Possibly, if people knew who he was and what he was actually like, why would he inspire people? <laughs> he wouldn't. No. <laughs> he inspires sympathy, maybe because you just you always feel that way for people that are, um, can't look after themselves. If you've got a heart, you know. But there's no reason that you anyone would want to go out and go. Oh yeah, he's the man. Like <laughs> he wasn't the man. No way.
1: He's the furthest you know, thing from like, the man. What?
0: Yeah you're more likely to watch bad boys and see Will Smith like (laughs) killing people and think oh he's the man I want to be like that than you are to see some complete freak yeah who everybody laughs at like (laughs) that's why even that's why even the idea of inspiring copycat killers just seems totally mental to me unless they're already mental as well but it's like he yeah I like so the idea of suicide is is actually quite a like, maybe he's just not. And I don't want to say that being being suicidal is some sort of uh, intellectual thought process, but maybe he just wouldn't even contemplate it.
1: That's a great observation. Like we know that
0: he, he alluded to it all the time. Mm. But when you think about the way he alluded to it with the girl, he was literally mimicking her yeah. and getting it slightly wrong because it's <laughs> a bit weird. Yeah. Like, the time he's practicing doing the joke with shooting himself on hindsight, he thought that was funny. Yeah. He thought that was a good joke. (laughs) He thought the idea of going, oh, I'm dead kind of thing. He thought that's a funny joke. He doesn't think that he was going to kill himself. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And just in that moment, he just starts to feel angry at Robert De Niro and probably, he probably didn't plan that. He probably just suddenly just went, screw you, bang.
1: Yeah. Jesus, and that moment is, oh my God, what a, like, perfect Jesus. crescendo of the film
0: oh god I just got a shiver then yeah. like, I literally just got a shiver because like that yeah and again it was the realism of it with the the way people reacted to it like yeah. usually in films like that it's like everything feels a bit fake in those moments but it the way people reacted it was this horrible silence and people screamed but in a really natural way and then like people were running out in a sort of a really believable way Yeah, it just felt real and it felt scary. It felt like you were there. Like, in, like oh my God. Um, and you know, I, um, completely changed the subject, but it's just because I just thought about it. <laughs> you know when he um, kills his mum?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Again. I don't think he planned it. No, it's just impulsive, I think.
0: Uh, yeah. But and again, kind of, you could read yeah. it
1: both ways. Like, I agree with you here, but I wouldn't, like really challenge anyone who thought the other the other yeah I yeah,
0: agreed yeah I don't think my my opinion my my perception of Arthur was that he wasn't this grand mastermind and that everything he did was quite simple in thought process yeah and when it came to killing his mum it was like it was a manifestation of his anger at her in that moment for doing that thing
1: yeah he worked himself up while he was sitting there talking it,
0: yeah, that's how I see it. Yeah, I, I was just going to mention something about the direction of that scene because you know the music throughout the film is so powerful. Oh, and, it's
1: great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, there was no music as he's killing her.
1: No. And it's and was, it's notable because of that. Yeah. Like it's the, yeah. All you hear yeah. is the the heart monitor.
0: Yeah, and her sort and of her s- struggling. Yeah. yeah. Really, again, the sound direction was so... Uh, sound editing was so good because everything felt real again. Like, it was like everything, you could hear it, but not, it wasn't too loud, it wasn't too, like, forceful, it wasn't like you had to hear this thing. Mm -hmm. It was just enough to just, like, make you feel unsettled, which is how a lot of the film made me feel.
1: Yeah, it hits your subconscious, which is what needs to happen, especially with sound. But this is actually why, uh, I I kind like, Part of me wants to see this again and part of me doesn't, right? Mm, the reason I've got a similar the, feeling. The yeah. reason like I do want to see it again is to to focus more on those technical aspects. Um now yeah. now that I've had the emotional impact um like I've gone in blind and like been o- overwhelmed by it, I can now expect like I know it's going to happen so I can focus more on these little details. But that's exactly why I kind of don't want to see it again because it had such a profound effect on me. Mm. That I kind of want to hold that nostalgic thought in my head, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and not overanalyze it too much. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, I feel the same. Yeah, I I feel like I could watch it again in like six months to a year or something with someone else, and yeah, you know. But I, d- I don't think I want to see it straight away mm-hmm. because I feel exactly the same as you. Actually, I don't even need to add anything to that thought because it was just so unlike any film.
1: Yeah. This is a film. <laughs> this isn't a movie. This is a film.
0: Mm. Did, you know, did you hear what Martin Scorsese said recently about <laughs> um, event about Marvel films? I
1: did. Yeah, that it's not cinema.
0: Yeah, well, that's kind of how this felt to me. It kind of felt like this is cinema. This is
1: cinema. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's it's hilarious that like this happened like directly after those Scorsese comments.
0: Yeah, it's quite strange actually because. I've got a couple of my friends were like um, uh, "Oh, is is?" I said I watched it and my other friend said he watched it a different friend and he was in a WhatsApp group and someone said yeah but is it really the sort of film you need to see at the cinema or could I watch it at home and my other friend went oh well no it's not a big special effects film so you mm. don't really need to see it at the, at the cinema mm. and I thought that's kind of the opposite to how I see it Yeah, like for me sitting at home and watching a movie is one thing it's when to me sometimes that can so you can almost be doing something else yeah but when you sit down in a cinema the, at least in principle everyone's meant to be quiet yeah it's dark you've got a big screen and you're just meant to be absorbed into this in the true sense of third wall, fourth wall breaking yeah and um and yeah for me that's the sort of film I want to see at the cinema
1: I, I agree yeah totally because this I don't yeah I don't think it would be as effective just watching it on your TV screen because you need to be like this is such a a deep and profound and psychological piece that you need to be totally absorbed in this and get in the headspace like that the frame needs to fill your full eyeline you need that sound blasting in your ears you need, You just need that full experience I think mm. It is yeah. that it is that type of film. And yeah, as you say, it's nothing to do with special effects or action sequences or anything like that.
0: <laughs> no.
1: Like they all look great in like on the cinema screen. They look better, yeah. you know, like you can really appreciate um those kind of films better in the cinema than sitting at home, but mm. you don't you're not losing anything profound by watching an action film at home as opposed to watching it in the cinema.
0: I mean, I feel like we could talk about it for a long time. We
1: could, we could um, keep going and thinking up different points and stuff, but, well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I I, almost feel exhausted just thinking about it. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> yeah, I actually really, weirdly feel quite tired, just because I've been really thinking about how deeply this affected me, and it's sort of feeling it all over again, almost. But, okay, so let's just summarise it quickly. What did you think of the film?
1: <laughs> it's putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, okay, no, seriously, that it was an amazing piece of work. Um, I admired the work that went into it. I, It had a deeply, deeply profound impact on me uh, emotionally. It was a pleasure to be there in the cinema watching it it's one it's the best film I've seen in a long time seriously it is Um, and I mean like new film that's come out not old ones that I've watched like it's the best film I've seen I can't think of anything that surpasses it off the top of my head that I've seen in the last year or two Mm. Um, so yeah that's basically what I think it's like I said it at the start but I'll say it again it's like for me it's as close to um, perfect as storytelling can be on the screen
0: I mean it's Unlike anything I've ever seen, I would say. And I mean that in so many different respects because it's just, it's essentially a superhero movie. It's a comic book movie that doesn't feel like a comic book movie about the villain. And the villain isn't wholly evil. And you will have some sympathy for the villain. And you will feel that his descent into madness isn't justified but you can understand it and to do all of those things is just a remarkable feat from a from a story perspective and then on top of that the way it was directed with the sort of subtlety and under direction yeah was just incredible and a joy to sort of behold really to see it all working The performance almost goes without saying at this point because the performance may well be one of the best performances I've ever seen. And for anyone who is listening to this and they're listening to this for the sake of actually they think it's meant to be a normal film review, (laughs) we definitely recommend watching it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's quite obvious by now. I, I can't believe this film came out in 2019.
0: No, that's it, that's another it thing. It just yeah. it
1: feels like a film from another era.
0: Yeah. And it's that's the other thing. I actually feel really good about that.
1: Yeah, so do I. I feel like I have like childlike joy in my heart after seeing that. <laughs> it's because it is. No, but like it's just it's yeah. it's really refreshing to see something like this.
0: Totally. It's and it's the way it takes it's a it's a real risk it's really brave it is (laughs) Um, I just hope that people can watch this film without thinking about I just feel like sometimes people watch films and they want to try and they try and think they think around
1: the film rather than think about the film
0: exactly that's a really good way of putting it like when I was watching it I didn't think about anything other than the film yeah I'm the same it's a film it's a piece of art Think about that, enjoy it or dislike it, whatever. But dislike it or enjoy it for artistic reasons, for how it makes you feel. Does it make you feel? I suppose. I suppose we can think that way about most films that we watch. Like that's why I'm happy to, to admit that, you know, when I'm watching a Disney film, like I mentioned earlier. I can absolutely love a Disney film if it's if it makes me laugh and it makes me cry because it's doing the jobs that it's set out to do mm-hmm. the, the primary job of art is to make you feel and you know if you're spending too long thinking about the art the technical technical aspects it's probably not making you feel anything mm. um, and on top of that the technical aspects of this film are just incredible anyway so sublime it's almost flawless yep. yeah yeah. so yeah I really enjoyed that I really enjoyed talking to you about it actually yeah, because I needed to sort of get some of those deeper thoughts out off my chest because I haven't really had anyone to talk to about it in those ways yeah and for anybody who's listened or watched this um, really appreciate you listening or watching and um, hope you can sort of uh, be patient with us because we've been a bit quiet on the scene if you are one of our Few subscribers, we will try and make more. We do try to make content that we w- want to make, yeah. If that makes sense, we don't want to just do just like create content every day that we're not passionate about. So, we want people to feel our interest and our passion in the subjects that we talk and um, work on. Great. <laughs> 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 Ha ha ha!